Hi guys, welcome to NARPS, the podcast about exploring the nuances of black womanhood and life after collegiate sports. Together, Jazz and Camille exercise a little bit less and adult a little bit more. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of NARPS. I'm your host Camille. And I'm Jasmine. So on this episode, we'll be talking about how do NARPS chase their dreams. Yeah, so... So Jazz... Let's the warm up. Let's warm up. Okay, we're warming up. <laughs> so, Jazz, as far as back as you can remember, mm-hmm. what was your childhood dream? Well, let me preface this by saying I'm a little nerdy. <laughs> I've always been very, I'm, I'm very nerdy. Very, I've always we been, share that in common. I've always been very nerdy. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronomer, and I was obsessed with space. I went to space camp. And my parents, like, I have great parents. They've always supported whatever I wanted to do. They put me in space camp. Like, my aunt, she worked at NASA. And so <laughs> I visited NASA with her. Like, I was making big moves to no. save the Earth from all the asteroids. <laughs> Definitely got in your nerve back for sure. Um, I wanted to be an obstetrician. What is that? So, deliver like, OBGYN. Mm. Just the OB part. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, my mom was a nurse, so I was always comfortable around, like, just medical and, like, people, dealing with people. Um, I loved babies. Anytime a newborn was, you know, came to my family, I was, like, obsessed. <laughs> um, so this goes into our next question of when did your dream change? So for me, the, the OBGYN <laughs> thing changed when I was in the sixth grade and... You know you have to watch, like, the health. Oh, you took sex ed, and you saw. Drama. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I, I was like, who? Giving birth is disgusting. Wow. It's disgusting. Underrated talent. Like, that's the top <laughs> thing on my resume. Can birth a human. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't like blood no more, because I don't like needles. What kind of OBGYN were you about to be? <laughs> I like a babies. Tr- you don't get to keep the baby. True, but I didn't, like... <laughs> I didn't realize, like, you just think that the baby's just come, gonna come out. You didn't think blood was gonna come out and everything. The house was gonna come out. Everything. The car was gonna That's come nasty. out. So I just had to redirect my energy <laughs> in another direction. That's really funny. <laughs> what about you? Um, I started running when I was 10. So my dreams, I think, quickly changed because um, I wanted to go to the Olympics. So probably when I was like 13, like when I was really serious about it, like I was like, this is my thing. (laughs) So my dream changed from wanting to be an astronomer to wanting to be an Olympic champion. Mm -hmm. Um, But even thinking about that, I don't think I ever really was fully invested into the Olympic champion thing. Like I definitely wanted it, but like when I viewed myself as successful, I never viewed myself on top of a podium. So it's interesting to kind of see what your dreams, the dreams you verbalize are versus like internally, like you always, you know, God is always going to direct you to what you should actually be doing or what you should actually see yourself as, even, even as a child, I believe. And I just didn't know. So the, the dreams I was vocalizing, I definitely wanted to be in the Olympics. and I was doing everything <laughs> in my power to get there. I wanted to get on that podium. I understand, like, especially if you're an athlete, if you don't have aspirations to be the best, you should, probably shouldn't be an athlete. Fact. That's not well, number one. I mean, it depends on what your intention is. But I'm at least so starting at a high like, level. Nobody like if you're even in high school, junior high school, and you're starting, you know, you're 
you were doing a sport really young. Nobody asked you, like, what do you want to do? I want to be second place. Like, you should not. That's not for you. But you might be in the sport because of health. You want community. There's different reasons why you can compete. Okay, but for the ones that are like us, <laughs> who want to win, no nobody's facts. walking around talking about, I want to make third place. Like, nobody's doing that. Facts, facts, <laughs> facts, 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 facts. So, I guess that, you know, speaking of the athlete conversation, because I'm telling you, I was die hard, like, I'm going to the Olympics. Like, I don't care what anybody says. And over time, that there became, like, miniature dreams and goals along the way. So, there was the goal of, like, I'm going to win state. Then I'm going to, I guess these nationals, are goals that build yeah. up to the dreams. So, there's, I'm going to win state, and then I'm going to win nationals, and then I'm going to get a scholarship. And then I'm going to go to the Olympics, right. and I'm going to be a national champion, and that's going to be great. Um <laughs> But that dream also quickly changed. Changed. Not quickly. I mean, it was an 11-year dream. So I don't know. <laughs> That's how a long dream. 11, 11 is a long That's a long, a long relationship. Dream. It's not a dream. Yeah. But I think dreaming as an athlete is different than what I would say dreaming is like now. Because dreaming as an athlete is very tangible. It's very quantifiable. Like, I can see if I am a pre, like if I'm approaching my goals or not. Um, especially in track. Like, there are no ifs, ands, and buts. You run the time, you don't run the time. Like, you're in or you're yeah. out. There is no in-between. Um, and so chasing that dream was easy because I could tangibly see if I was reaching it and if I wasn't. Do you think your dream, your athletic dreams, hindered your NARC dreams at the time? Definitely, but I, I think that, like, I'm a very interesting case study because... <laughs> Dude, tell me more. Because I was so... I had such a deep identity in being an athlete, but I also came from a family where, like, my parents very much so allowed me to explore other facets of myself. So I was very deep into the athlete game, like, very deep, but I also, like, thought of myself as being very smart, and I thought of myself as being very articulate, and I thought of myself as being creative and these are things that not every athlete you know grew up thinking about themselves yeah or feeling or feeling and I, I so I didn't know how to quantify those or take those skills and those like thoughts about myself and translate them into a like dream but I did know mm -hmm. that I had other skills so when my athlete dream died I guess I'll give you a little backstory on how it died um it's so like a dog. Let's tell you how I died. So it's very difficult to become a professional athlete. Indeed. It's not uh, honestly and like not cost it, effective. It would not have been that difficult for me to become a professional track athlete, but professional track athletes don't make no money. Correct. But you don't know that. They don't tell you that until you see it with your eyes. So <laughs> aside from me having a piss poor experience at UCLA. Um, I then <sighs> like I was working, 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 working for this dream. Finished practice one day, I went to my local Trader Joe's, <laughs> okay, and my assistant track coach, who was in the Olympics, she came in fifth at the Olympics, she bagged my groceries. <laughs> I did not see this story going this way. And I came home, she was a fantastic woman, she's a great woman, um, but I came home, and I looked at my roommates, I said, y'all, this ain't for me. <laughs> And they said, why? And I was like, because this dream is not matching up to the lifestyle that I want to live. Long term. Long term. And that also opens up the, the broader discussion that we're going to have after we get into your dreams. But it's this conversation of like, are your dreams feasible? Yeah. 
and how like how much are you willing to do or to sacrifice or to be back and there's nothing wrong with back in a Trader Joe's but it's like you saw this person as like the The epitome of what I wanted to be and I was like but I don't want to sacrifice that I had my coaches she looked me in my face she said I gave up everything for track I gave up men I gave up having a family as a nerve again crossing that off the dream list I'm not giving that up so clearly this dream that I have (laughs) is not what I thought it was going to be but in comparison to dreaming as a NARP like dreaming as an athlete is really safe because you know if you're doing it or if you're not doing it yeah and I think that's the part of sometimes having these athletic aspirations and dreams can handicap your NARP dreams and those are the ones that you that will be with you unless you know you're blessed to actually make actual money and take care of your family and become a professional athlete most NARP most athletes will become NARPs all athletes are going to become NARPs at LeBron at, is going to stop be a being NARP. an athlete you're right you're right like we and that's the point like that being a NARP is inevitable mm-hmm. so it's like I do feel like just because I was an athlete and then I became an administrator and helping student athletes figure it out like there's a shelf life to this and I've experienced so many students that really did not take me serious at all and it's like you can't have these athletic dreams to the point where like they will hinder your future and not necessarily about what job you will have but like it'll kill your morale it'll kill your self-worth and it's like that's how people develop identity foreclosure and you get depressed and now you're supposed to be graduating or maybe you didn't make it to the league and now you have to figure it out and I don't want that because it can really crush what you want to do but it's also if you've never asked yourself these types of questions and now you're at graduation and everybody's asking you what you're going to do next like I'm, I'm not surprised that you break down definitely not those things never occur to you to think about um but what's the next question so when did it change for me or like what is my dream now which one do you want to do um well I want to talk to you a little bit about your thought process as an athlete because we had very different experiences so for me When I was an athlete, I was all in. Not to say that you weren't, but, like, track was my everything. Like, I was going to make it happen. Like, I would miss class to go do extra workouts. Like, I was like, I'm going to be an Olympic champion. And it was, I'm not going to say it was taken away from me, but it was shown to me that this is not what I had to do in a very stark way. Yeah. When you saw it for what it was, it was kind of like. Outside of even just seeing my assistant coach, just, like, being injured, like, seeing the politics of sports, like, it was very quickly, like, this is not what I thought it was going to be and not what I want it to be. And you come from a different perspective because, for me, say I had five eggs, four and a half of them eggs were in the basket, the track basket. <laughs> okay. Like, I had a little bit left over. I probably had mine half and half, or two and three. Three yeah. were in the NARP basket. <laughs> um, so I started running track in the ninth grade, I didn't, like, I just, my mom was an athlete. It kind of was just in my genetics to run. Um, but before that, like, you, I was a nerd. I love reading, cross, like, the highlight books, finding things that are in the photo got me by energy all day. So I just always had a knack for learning. It just comes natural to me. So I kind of already had developed self-worth around academics and things like that. So I looked at doing sports and running track as a catalyst to get me to what I really wanted to do. Um, And again, like, I'm a first generation. My parents aren't from here. So that work ethic was always in me. And, like, I always just felt motivated to be successful because 
I had to pay homage to my parents who came from wherever they came from and sacrificed for me to be here. So, like, no, I mean, for a little bit, I wanted to be, you know, long jump at the Olympics, you know, represent, you know, Trinidad and Tobago. That's where my parents are from. But very short lips, honey. Why? What happened? Because it's not cost effective. <laughs> who is doing that? Who is you doing lose that? Money being a Come on. Tracker. But even outside of just, like, track like I th- we talked about this earlier in that dreaming as an athlete because it's tangible because you can grab it it also for a lot of people is the only representation that they have of making it right that's true and so it's very easy to get caught up in these dreams because one you're probably your hometown hero you're the only person in your family that's made make it, it out, out right to go to college to see this different side of living and so and you want to make it you want it badly more than anything. And it's like, so that also provides the safety in it to a certain extent, but that's also when we talk about dreams become dangerous. Be- you, yeah, I agree. Sorry to cut you off, but it's oh, like, no you, like you said, like it can become dangerous, detrimental, because I'm not 22, but I know people that are 30 and still want to be in the NFL. And I'm like, at what point do you need to like say like hang it up put it on the shelf but i think it's hard for a lot of athletes men and women but i think it's specific to sometimes men in uh generating sports like football and basketball to really like regroup and to find something else that they see themselves being valued because if it's in embedded in you from childhood that you know you need to do this to get out you need to do this to take care of your family and you put all your eggs in that basket once you see me first year of college you're like what i gotta do what (laughs) and how so it's just like i just do i agree like your dreams yes you should put 110 percent into it but i think there's just still needs to be a balance between it coming to fruition or not and when do you say okay it's now time for me to pivot because if i don't i may not be able to experience any of my dreams and i think it's it goes back to common rhetoric that we hear in athletics that's just like you have to put all in to this or nothing in order to be successful all or nothing all or nothing 110 percent, 110 percent, which is important but i'm gonna be the bearer of bad news for some of you guys Hard work is not the thing that gets you to where you want to be. In the sense that, like, solely. it is not solely hard work that gets you to where you want to be. Because there's a lot of people that are working hard. There's some people that you're working harder than that are going to make it. There's some people that are working harder than you that aren't going to make it. Right. Because that's just the nature of the world that we live in. And so, athletics, it's so difficult because there's this safety net of, like, this is the thing that you have always been praised for. So go out and get it. And it's because we haven't taken the time to invest in our young men and our young women in their sports and show them that they have value elsewhere. And so that kind of brings us to this point where it's like, okay, so now you realize you don't want to do this professionally. How do you then find your NARP dream when you don't even know who you are as a person outside of sports? Yeah. And I think, like, that happens regardless if you're an athlete or not. Like, you feel that natural progression of, like, I don't know and I want to figure it out. Definitely. Um, I think naturally, like, for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly when I finished college. Like, 
there was a lot of things going on. Like, I still wanted to please my parents. Again, there's just a lot of pressures being a first-gen student that you're like, you need to do this for your family at any cost. So it's like, I feel like, I knew I didn't want to be an OBGYN, but I wanted to do something medical because I was always taught, like, do something where you can always have a job, right? So it's like, I was pursuing this thing, and because I was smart, I could do it, but I wasn't invested in it. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think, my first pivot was when I was like, okay, I don't want to do that, but athletics is still an area where... I'm doing something, so I was like, I'll do the academic counseling, and I did like helping people. I love still being a part of that community, so it was, I was still able to figure it out. Um, and I think that's why some people want to do that or go into coaching. So, because you, you're still, like you said, you're comfortable. There, it's not too much outside of your comfort zone, but you're doing something different. Did you ever feel like you wanted, even though you weren't going to be the athlete anymore, you still wanted to stay in sports? Okay, so for me, (laughs) my perspective is a little different because I did want to be in sports, and I'm still in sports, but I'm in sports as an activist and not as... (laughs) I'm an (laughs) activist. I'm being so serious, though. Like I know you are. I just did, like, you went for it. I'm with you. I'm in sports as an activist and not as an enabler in a system that harms children. And that's... (laughs) That's I'm (laughs) laughing, but it's like that was the part for me, where I couldn't answer that question as I feel like I could, like I was supposed to, and I had to step back. Because, as you know, I was working towards my master's. I wanted to become an athletic director, athletic director, or some type of administrator within athletic organization. And at every level, the closer I got to students, I just felt like this was crazy. <laughs> and also, I kept asking myself, like, am I hurting or helping? We all have different belief systems, but for me, I don't believe that you can fix a a broken system from the inside because the system is broken. Agreed, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't answer that question in the way that I felt like I should have answered that question, (laughs) and I had to bow out gracefully. And luckily, I found a new path where I can still enjoy sports. We still work in sports now, but in a different capacity where I feel like I'm showcasing the athletes that I work with in their element in the best way I can. Definitely. And so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of you know, trying to find a passion within sports. I did not try to, I don't, I didn't think about becoming a coach because the experiences that I had, coaches were enablers and they might be able to make you individually feel good, but they're also a part of this overarching system that they know is bad. And morally, like it became a question of morality for me that I could not succumb to. So in chasing my NARP dream, I guess I'll give you guys kind of some background because we don't really talk about what we do personally. Um, But I want to be a producer. That's my ultimate dream. And I believe in the power of sport to connect people. And I believe in the power of sport to teach important lessons and for it to be a place for kids to learn about politics, for kids to learn about pretty much anything of value. That's kind of where I learned about it from, Mm -hmm. both positive and negative. Um, And so I want to be a producer. Currently, I produce sports-related content. Um, A few of my friends and I, we have a media company called Top 5 Media, and it's centered around conversations about collegiate athletes and their experiences because I'll be damned if I let these people keep telling my story. And my experience in athletics taught me that the key to power and the key to leverage is to be able to control the narrative. And I was like, okay, well, now my passion is controlling narratives and being able to be representative of the things that you can do outside of sports, aside from coaching, aside from being a trainer, aside from doing all these other things, because there are other pathways to success. And through that, I then created all these different avenues and these different channels to find things that I really love. 
and I'm able to be a creator in different capacities. And so that's why, you know, we have the podcast where it's like, I feel like we're providing a perspective that isn't ever talked about. Never. That you, you quit your sport and they just drop you off. Right. For four years, they've been telling you work towards this. Work four years this. for 11. <laughs> yes. For, <laughs> for a, But at least when you get to the collegiate level, like they never get to the conversation of what are you supposed to be doing next? Because in their mind, like that's taking away from this game and you only play 11 games this season. So <laughs> what? Exactly. April, May, June, July, like there's just no progress in any other way. And I feel like I didn't want to be a part of, like you said, I don't want to be a part of that system. I still, I do still work in sports. I'm a production coordinator, and my ultimate dream is to become a sports producer. I like live events. That's my, that's my baby. That's that's the area <laughs> that I like. Um, and yeah, I, I've never seen. I've been working in it for four years now. I've yet to see a sports black woman producer, and. Not only is it content that I like, I love sports, and I feel like sports is a universal language. There are lessons that we learn in sports that, yeah, you can learn other places, but there's nothing like being a part of a team but still learning and figuring out as an individual. There are certain life lessons that done correctly, and nobody is perfect, that you can take with you forever. And like you said, we came up with this concept because we saw that there was there were things that we were struggling with and we didn't have a resource or just anything to like point us in the right direction that was coming from the woman's perspective. And in my opinion, there if I'm if I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I feel like there are more female athletes and male athletes. Just within it's the equivalent. Right, cuz like, right, that's what I'm saying like like exactly. That's <laughs> the, so it's just like you're telling me more than half of your population you don't hear from at all. At all. And at all. we're not even going to get in the conversation about, you know, male athletes that are not in revenue sports like silenced <laughs> like they're on the road team so it's just like i don't know there were just all these questions and somewhere or not it's it's how much are you willing to chase the things that mean something to you and match your value and match your morale well i think then this brings us to you know the trials and tribulations of chasing your narp dream um because for me my narp dream is all based in intention I don't know exactly what I want to do. I don't know exactly what I want to be, but I know that I want to utilize media and utilize events as a means to protect people that I care about, which is people of color, which is women. And I want to create spaces where people feel comfortable enough to share their stories and share their narratives under a protective space where they're not going to be harmed, where they're not going to be scrutinized because those stories are important. And we live in this space where, you know, this country is huge, but we only hear the perspectives of four people. And mm. it's bothersome to me. And so my NARP dream overarching is to make sports safer. My NARP dream are these super broad ideas. My NARP dream is to bring culture to my city. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. You've never met anybody from there before. And it's because we're not put in spaces to have you know, culture cultivated. Yeah. My NARP dream is to provide and break down systems of oppression that are oppressing my brothers, that are oppressing my best friends through conversation. Yeah. And so the trials and tribulations of that is that it's not quantifiable. I have no idea how to do that. I just have to do something. Yeah. And roll the dice and be intentional about the things that I'm doing and create some kind of quantifiable means of measurement in terms of like okay 
I got in contact with this person, this means I'm moving in the right direction. Okay, I met this person, that wasn't a coincidence, this means I'm moving in the right direction. Which is very different from being like, if I want to go to the Olympics, I gotta run at 53. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they, like you said, it means more, there's more weight in it, because I don't think you, I feel like you would have still gotten to this place, even if, even if you had, you know, fulfilled your childhood dream of being an, an Olympian. I think you would have still gotten here because just of who you are and how I know you to be, you would have reached here in some way, in some form. Um, like you, my NARP dream is to be a representation of things that I didn't get to see. Because I do believe that if you see somebody that looks like you doing that, you now know it's possible. Definitely. 100%. Um, I think my NARP dream is to let people that come from the same background that I do to know that being in creative spaces is just as valuable as you being a lawyer, a doctor. We watch television, we listen to radio. Art, art is the most, art and culture is the most tangible thing coming out of the, like we don't export anything but art and culture. <laughs> and oftentimes it's curated or inspired by pe black people, not people, of black people that's a fact and we don't own any part of it so it's like how can i create so much inspiration for you and i don't benefit from it so for me it's just like for people or parents that don't think that being in a creative space or being in the arts or being in theater has no value i think it's quite the opposite you can come from a more academic background and really infiltrate a whole market like i am like i don't know anything about production me either and i'm girl. killing the game in here making it up <laughs> every day and it just like not saying that there won't be sacrifices and not saying that you won't have to convince people or lack thereof or just not care but it's like do whatever makes you feel passionate and even if it doesn't put money in your pocket yet you need to take care of yourself don't get me wrong you should not be sleep you know sleeping in your car forever but I think you should do it anyway and I think it's important in terms of you know, speaking to people that are transitioning out of athletics, it's like, okay, you guys are so passionate, but how do we get there? And my biggest advice with that is you need to experience different things. You need to meet different people, and you need to figure out at the core of you, like, what you really care about, because that is then going to push you in the direction that you need to go. Yeah. Um, but very important to note that you got bills to pay, too. Mm -hmm. When you graduate school, the stipend check don't come no more. Sally Mae don't care. And so she does not. That's kind of where it becomes difficult because now you have this other element of, all right, well, I got to make time for the things that I want to do. Because before, the time to chase your dream was built in. Yeah. It, your whole life was centered around it, actually. Now you got to make time. And so that's what really tests what's really important to you. What are you really willing to work for? Are you really willing to drive an hour and a half in the middle of LA traffic? <laughs> To record. to record your podcast. Are you really willing to stay up all night after you worked all day to make something happen? And I guess this brings us to the cool down portion of the podcast, which is like... Just to add one more thing. Yeah. And also, are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait? That's a good one. Because even with this passion project that we're doing right now, like this was something that came to me maybe in 2017 and we had a different title for it. I came to you with the idea, you loved it, but it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a different space and it takes time, so be patient with yourselves, but go ahead. I agree, are you willing to wait is really important. And 
it's also being patient with the, the moments that you're in. Because I think when you're dream chasing, it's so easy to get caught up in, I want to do this, 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 that you lose track of the fact that like what you're doing right now, you need to do in order to be able to perform the things that you need to do later on. Yeah, and it doesn't mean no, it just may mean not right now. And it may mean this skill that you're learning right now is exactly what you're going to need in a different situation. True. All right, so tips. What do you think, what are your best tips for people that are trying to figure it out, chase their dreams, or even like get to the point where they're acknowledging that like their dream is different and they don't know how to do it? I'm very radical as a person, (laughs) you know this. I have like a very rebellious kind of defiant personality. And so, and it's been, I've had it ever since I was a kid, so I can't even try to, whatever. But my biggest thing in terms of chasing your dreams is to bet on yourself and bet on your intuition. Like, I don't really know what it's like to live in other people's bodies, but I have very strong intuition and very strong discernment in regards to where I need to be and the things that I need to be doing. Not everybody has that. I don't know why I have it. My mom says it's one of our heavenly gifts. I don't know. But I move according to how I feel. If I feel uncomfortable in a situation and it's not like a positive uncomfortability, I'm not going to do it. If I have to second guess or if I have to alter who I am, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Granted, I'm in a position of privilege in that I can do that because not everybody's able to do that. But for me, any situation that I walk into, I ask myself, do I have to compromise who I am? And if the answer is yes, I can't be in that situation because I, it makes me physically ill <laughs> to be something other than what I, like, I cannot do it. It's not a facade that I can portray. And so my biggest advice would be to bet on yourself. And then only you know what's best for you. So don't focus on what everybody else has to say because Facts. what God is doing in you is what God is doing in you and not what he's doing in your mama and not what he's doing in your daddy and not what he's doing in whatever because all these people once it works are going to have their hand out too hello so you got to do what's best for you and take note of the people who are supportive of what you're doing yeah and also let me just note just because somebody says eh, maybe you shouldn't do that doesn't mean that they're not supportive they might just be trying to look out but they don't know what's best for you at the end of the day right And so my last thing, it's be reasonable, be rational, and be intentional. Do not quit your job on a whim, on a Wednesday when you got to pay rent, on a Friday. If y'all could see my face right now. (laughs) Because you still got to pay your bills. And unless, you know, the spirit might be speaking to you and telling you, you know, quit your job. But unless you heard the spirit and you know that it's the spirit, be reasonable, be rational, Be intentional (laughs) and figure your stuff out because I promise you if you take a second to step back It's probably not Exactly what you think it is right there. Yeah, and then you're gonna be sick to your stomach when you're on your ass, right? Um, That was a good list. I like that list Um, To add to that. I think I always tell myself that life is not a dress rehearsal like you don't get another chance at making the choice Sometimes. Sometimes you do. I feel like it, but it'll never be exactly the same. Definitely. Because it'll be different, right? So that's something I tell my, like, life is not a dress rehearsal. You only have one shot at this moment, at this time with this these clothes on. Like, that's not going to change. And because of that, do it anyway. You may fail and there's things that you will learn, but I don't think there's, you don't lose anything because if you are being authentic and being honest with yourself and you're saying, I want this, taking it and doing it anyway, you're not going to lose anything from it. Um, and then that goes into start it anyway. 
you're never gonna you're never gonna know everything you need to know when you start a new dream because you've never done it before, and unless you were blessed enough to see your parents do it or somebody close to, uh, no, close enough to you where you saw it and had access to it, you're there's you you've never seen it done, so there's no right or wrong to it. Um, don't share your dreams with everybody. That's not everybody fact. wants what you want. Not everybody has these lofty goals like you have, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's different capacities. I might be a pint size and you might be a gallon size. Like that's just how it is. Um, follow your heart, not your parents and not what your salary says. Cause there's a lot of people we know that make a lot of money and are unhappy. <laughs> Piss poor petty and just fact. not enjoy. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not don't live above your means, you know, be responsible. Keep in mind that your dreams either will can be expensive like we are sacrificing a lot but i think i know for a fact that i'm supposed to be in la and i'm supposed to be doing this because every time i try to go home i cannot stay there (laughs) so just live within your means know where you're coming from and understanding that if this is a god-given dream that you are chasing like he will cover you that's a fact my mom always used to tell me that god would never lead you somewhere to leave you there and be specific be very specific that's important I'd rather be overly specific than just be vague. Write it down. Write it down. So. The Bible talks about, you know, we're mad spiritual right now. We are. <laughs> God talks about how you got to write it down and make it plain. Yeah. So. That's good. I'll believe you with that. Yeah. Write it down, make it plain. Because the words that you speak, the words that you write, have much more power and value than you, than you think they do. The things that you think. Yeah. And you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish once you do that, like, that's half the battle. The action, the resources, everything will fall into place if you agree with whatever your dream is and you doing it. So, so thank you guys again. Thanks for having us on our own podcast. <laughs> and um, we will talk to you guys very soon.